Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in Johannesburg, South Africa, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we talk about the use of video assistant referees at the FIFA Confederations Cup as the technology is being used for the first time at a major senior tournament. The video assistant referees have ensured that correct decisions are being made, but they seem to be disturbing the flow of play. Also, we talk about other proposed plans to improve the game of football, such as having 30-minute halves with the watch being stopped when the ball goes out of play. FIFA are looking at giving the fans better value for money, saying that a game may be 45 minutes each half, but you only get the ball in play for about 30 minutes there. And we speak to DR Congo winger Paul Jose Mpoku, who scored twice at this year's Africa Cup of Nations finals in Gabon. He's playing for Panathinaikos in Greece, and he talks about his faith and his football. It's been a great season. Essentially, we didn't want nothing, you know. We had the opportunity to win the cup, but we didn't do it. But it's OK. It's been really good. That interview coming up later. But first, it's not looking good for Africa's representatives Cameroon at the FIFA Confederations Cup in Russia. This competition, a test event for next year's World Cup, with the six continental champions playing along with the host Russia and the World Cup holders Germany. The Indomitable Lions have only a slim chance of qualifying for the semi-finals now after being held to a 1-1 draw by Australia after losing their opener to Chile. Cameroon must beat Germany on Sunday by a two-goal margin and hope that there's a favourable result in the game between Chile and Australia. The Indomitable Lions will be regretting the 60th-minute penalty that gave Australia the equaliser on Thursday night, and really they have a very tough task ahead against Germany. Well, football has entered a new era with the coming of the FIFA Confederations Cup as video assistant referees are being used for the first time at a major senior tournament. Now, the technology means that where there are game-changing decisions, such as goals or red cards, the referee may refer to the video assistant referees who scrutinise video footage to determine the correct outcome. Last Sunday, for example, both matches at the Confederations Cup had two occasions where the video assistant referees were called upon. Portugal had a goal disallowed after referral, while another goal was allowed to stand. Then in the Cameroon-Chile match, Chile also had a goal disallowed, while their second goal was confirmed as genuine. Well, Solomon, you watched both of these games on TV, uh, so did I. I thought the technology certainly disrupted the flow of play as these stoppages were taking around a minute. It did mean that we had the correct decisions, though. So are you in favour? Steve, I'm definitely in favour of the video assistant referees uh, because for me, I feel it's about time we bring technology into football. We've seen other sports like basketball, rugby, cricket, you know, using videos and technology to see how they can really make the game more fairer and also more balanced. 
And I feel uh, football and FIFA itself is doing quite well to bring in uh, these changes uh, because we need to have the correct decisions. We see the goal of uh, uh, Diego Maradona in the 1986 World Cup where he used his hand to score against uh, uh, England. We've seen that Henry Terry goal that qualified France to the World Cup against uh, uh, Ireland. And, you know, when we look at those uh, kind of like calls by referees, referees are not perfect and they need help. And technology brings a great deal of help and, and we just have to get used to it. And I feel it's just a matter of time. If we go uh, after the first World Cup, you know, that is in 2018 in Russia, I'm sure we're going to get to a place where, uh, you know, the interruptions and, uh, and the breaks uh, to review the footage uh, would be normalized and it would be part of the game. Well, FIFA has defended the use of the video assistant referees, saying the technology is the future of football. Well, for me, though, it's taking some of the excitement out of the game. The goal celebrations, for example, are being diluted or delayed because the players are having to wait while the referee refers to the video assistant referees. And uh, players and fans would want to celebrate straight away. But now there's this uncertainty. Yes, Steve, definitely. I agree with you on that. The excitement uh, is being taken out of the game. The goal celebrations are being diluted or delayed uh, because the players have to wait. They're not really sure if the referee is going to allow it or not. But maybe not all the goals, you know. The, so maybe we're only going to see maybe 10 or 15 percent of uh, of goals being reviewed. Uh, not every goal is is is, is being reviewed. Uh, but I feel uh, in a way you could celebrate before the review and you could also celebrate after the review. So it gives you double opportunity to actually uh, celebrate this. I'm sure, you know, the players and the fans are going to find a way around it to say, how do we celebrate uh, a goal uh, before and after a review? So I'm sure they're going to come up uh, with a way to go around it. Yeah, sure. Uh, Thanks for those thoughts, Solomon. Uh, Stuart, what's your view on this? Well, Steve, I would actually like to reserve my judgment on this. I think it's about getting the balance right between making the correct decision and not making football a stop-start game. You know, in rugby, they've used the TMO, the television match official, for years, and the result is that a 40-minute half now lasts an hour. And I would like just also to see how referees adjust to this, because I think it's a bigger change for the referee than for the spectators or the players. So let's give it a go and ask me in a few months when we've seen more of it how well it's going to contribute to the game. Well, on Facebook and WhatsApp, you can tell us, are you impressed with video assistant referees uh, being trialled at the FIFA Confederations Cup? Uh, It is getting us the right decisions, but it is disrupting the flow of play. So are you in favour? Are you against? Uh, Go onto our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. You can post a comment there or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Are you impressed with the video assistant referees? Well, now, staying with new ideas in football, there are further proposals to change the game with the goal of improving the fairness of football. A proposal to scrap 45-minute halves is being looked into. There could be two periods of 30 minutes with the clock stopped whenever the ball goes out of play. The lawmaking body, the International Football Association Board, says that in fact matches only see about 60 minutes of effective playing time out of 90. So this would see football played along the lines of basketball where the actual playing time is counted. 
What do you think about this, Stuart? Just first of all, to give a little context, I think this is really quite an exciting document that uh, FIFA has put out just for consultation and the international uh, board, which looks at the laws. And it says that its purpose is to give football what football wants, i.e. to make the changes that the players, the fans, the coaches want. And it's built on three principles of fairness and integrity, universality and inclusion, and technology, i.e. to use technology where it's of benefit to the game. Well, now, let's uh, start on the issue of time. You know, people often notice at the end of the first half, there's usually about one minute additional time and usually about three minutes at the end of the second half, which, of course, is far less than the actual stoppage time. And FIFA and the IFAB are looking at giving the fans better value for money, saying that a game may be 45 minutes each half, but you only get the ball in play for about 30 minutes there. And now they've come up with two interesting ways of dealing with this. One is to ask the referee actually to stop his watch when the ball goes out of play. For example, if a penalty kick is awarded, stop the watch. The ball is placed on the penalty spot. The players get organized. The player starts his run up and then you start the watch again. And similarly, when a goal is scored, you stop the watch until the kickoff. If a player is injured, you stop the watch. If a red or yellow card is given, stop the watch. Substitution, and you know late in the game, especially how long it takes a player to go off. You stop the watch the moment the board goes up and you restart it the moment the new player comes on. And a really, really interesting one. We all know, Steve, that the laws say that a goalkeeper cannot hold the ball for more than six seconds. But have you ever seen that penalised? Well, the recommendation from the IFAB is that referees should be asked to enforce that law so that any goalkeeper holding the ball for more than six seconds will be penalised. Then the other more radical idea would be that if you were to do that, you would actually be able to reduce the playing time to 30 minutes because that's effectively all you're getting. Well, yes, I can see the point there, although I'm not sure personally if I'd like too many changes. And there are, Stuart, numerous other proposed changes. One is to do with handball. Uh, this one would have seen Ghana going through to the semi-finals of the 2010 World Cup. Of course, we all think back to how Suarez saved the ball with his hand in the 2010 World Cup and Ghana were eliminated. Now, one of the suggestions they make in that situation, the referee should have the power to award a goal. Now, I would be very cautious about that because I think a goal is when the ball goes into the net and to have a referee deciding that it would have gone in. That is something I feel a bit uncomfortable about. Now, another interesting proposal is currently if a goalkeeper handles the ball uh, from a back pass, it is an indirect free kick against him. The suggestion is that this should be a penalty because, after all, it is probably stopping a goal-scoring opportunity. Another one is that in future, the half-time and full-time whistles can only be blown when the ball is out of play. And there have, in the past, been some terrible situations where the referee blew the whistle when the ball was on its way into the net. Um, what they call soft passing at a free-kick corner 
or goal kick. That means that a player can take a free kick to himself, can tap a corner and run with it, suggesting that it should no longer be an issue if the ball is moving when you take a free kick or a goal kick, because when that happens in the moment, the game stops, you go back, you take it again. And frankly, what advantage is there in a goalkeeper kicking a slightly moving ball when he's taking a goal kick? Really interesting one, I think, too, on the penalty kick, to say that as with a penalty shootout, the ball is dead once it's either gone into the goal or not gone into the goal. So therefore, there can be no rebounds. And therefore, it stops all this encroachment by the defenders, by the forwards, penalties being retaken, that simply the situation would be a player would take the penalty, he either scores, he misses, it hits the post, it's saved, and the goalkeeper takes a goal kick to restart the game. I think there's a lot to be said for that because the encroachment thing can at times get really frustrating uh, and a bit silly. Now, there are a couple of things which I think are completely pointless or strange. Uh, You know, we have the respect handshake when the players all shake hands uh, with each other and with the match officials. Well, it's suggested that the referee and his officials should go over to the technical area and shake hands with the two coaches. Well, I'm sure if that had been introduced, you know, Jurgen Klopp, Jose Mourinho would never have had a bad word to say to the referee if they'd shaken his hand before the game. What a waste of time. There's another strange one, Steve. When a substitute who has not taken any part in the game is shown a red card, for something he says to the official, for example. I think at the moment all that means is he cannot come on at any stage after that. But the proposal is that if that happens, the number of substitutions the team is allowed is reduced by one. So therefore you'd only be allowed two instead of three substitutes. And what I think is really completely off the wall is the suggestion that if the team had already had three substitutions and one of the remaining unused substitutes gets a red card, then they have to play the next game one substitute short. What a strange idea. But generally speaking, I think it's an interesting move. Nice to see the attitude with which they're putting this forward, saying that they want to see what the fans want and what people in football want. So there's a lot more to come before all this is implemented. But uh, we'll keep you across it. Well, thanks, Stuart. So lots of proposed changes there, Solomon. Do you want to see major changes to the game to improve it in terms of fairness? Or are you happy as it is? Steve, I would love to see the game uh, improve in terms of fairness. Uh, You know, I feel fairness is is very important uh, and it's a very important uh, element in the way we live our lives. I want to be treated in a very fair way when I go to a community where there are no other races like like me. I want to be treated in a fair way when I go to get a job or when I put in for a contract to get a job or when I write an exams. I want I want fairness. I want because I I want to get what I deserve. And that is what it's all about, you know, two teams competing. We we each team needs to get what they deserve. If it's a red card, they need to get a red card. If it's a penalty, they need to get a penalty. Uh if it's not a goal, it needs to be ruled as not a goal. Sometimes we feel like uh, the, the 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 referees are being corrupted or the match officials are being corrupted. They've been paid money. We 
we've seen quite a lot of situations around around the wall around that you know so it's going to take away all that because we, we we're going to watch the footage and it's like hey this is fair you know we we must uh, be able to bring football to a place where it's really fair because football is the biggest sport in the world and it's just a perfect opportunity for football to uh, eradicate itself of any sort of uh, uh, stereotype and prejudice and any sort of injustices and, and dishonesty Yes, well, thanks for that, Solomon. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA and our website is planetsportfootballafrica.com. Well, now we turn to social media on the show, and we asked last week for your predictions as to who will win the FIFA Confederations Cup in Russia. Uh, These views, I should point out, were before the midweek games played in the competition. To Facebook first, and Tumani AJ Colle in The Gambia says, I'm going for Portugal, Germany or Chile. I don't think Cameroon can qualify to the next round from their group, considering the might of Germany and Chile. Thierry Tarr in Cameroon is more specific. He says only one country will win the Confederations Cup, and that is Germany. George Tobias Mayenda in Malawi agrees, saying Germany will win it. Uh, They are using a second-string squad, though, George, so perhaps uh, not red-hot favourites to lift the trophy. On to what's up, and in China, Khalifa Sanyang also goes for Germany, the World Cup winners in 2014, saying, I also can't see Cameroon making it past the group stage. Bobby Brown in the Gambia says Cameroon will go up to the final and they'll win the cup. Well, also in the Gambia, Modu Pabi Baji agrees, saying, I'm in for Cameroon because I would love to see an African country lifting the trophy. Cameroon have a very good team that can make it in front of well-known countries in football. Belong Baji, also in the Gambia, is more cautious. He says, I think Cameroon can reach the semi-finals if they fully capitalise on their opportunities. But Germany can win the cup, says Belong, because they have a team of players with that audacity in them to always emerge as winners. And Samana Dabo, also in the Gambia, goes for Portugal, the Euro 2016 winners. And Ansamana says for Cameroon, they only have small chances, given that they're in the same group as Germany and Chile. Ebrima Mare in the Gambia also goes for Portugal. In Malawi, Alfred Mdimba thinks the winner will come from South America. I vote for Chile, says Alfred, but Cameroon will reach the semi-finals. Ibrahim Javi in the Gambia also goes for Chile. And Musa Mane thinks that Chile will win it, uh, saying looking at their team list, uh, they have the best squad. Although it won't be easy as Portugal are no pushovers. It's going to be an exciting tournament, uh, says Musa, adding that Cameroon's chances are very slim because they lack the quality in their squad. Most of the comments this week are supporting the current world champions Germany. John in Ghana goes for Germany but says, Trust me guys, it won't be easy with the likes of Chile and others there. Modu GJ Colley in the Gambia says, I believe Germany will win it, but I wish Cameroon all the best as they represent Africa. Stanley in Ghana says, looking at their performance, Cameroon could make it to the next round, but I tip Germany to win it ahead of them. Donald in Cameroon finds it hard to choose between Chile and Germany, but says, for my nation, Cameroon, it will be tough. 
Quite a few people had expressed support for Cameroon, but with the likelihood of success going to Germany, like this from Saini Kanyi in the Gambia. I think world champions Germany are the favourites, says Saini, but Cameroon can go up to the semis. Usman Salah in the Gambia goes for Mexico from Central America. And finally, Fode Silla in the Gambia believes the high quality of the teams makes it hard to predict who will win. It's a tournament of champions, says Fode, but I think Portugal and Chile are the most likely winners, with maybe Germany the third favourite for me. So, uh, as I said, those predictions were made before the midweek games in the Confederations Cup. And as it looks now, going into the final group games this weekend, Chile definitely have impressed in Group B. They're level with Germany on four points after the 1-1 draw between the two teams on Thursday night. Cameroon and Australia, very slim chances really in that group. And Chile have a very good crop of players with the likes of Alexis Sanchez and Arturo Vidal. New Zealand are already eliminated, their bottom of Group A. Portugal looking good there. Cristiano Ronaldo's goal on Wednesday gave them a 1-0 win over Russia, the host. Mexico certainly in it too, but they face a tough game against Russia on Saturday. In that group, Mexico and Portugal on four points, Russia on three, and New Zealand on no points. And we'll see how it goes in the second week of the tournament. Well, thanks so much for all of those comments. Uh, Always greatly appreciated and wonderful to hear from you wherever you are in Africa or indeed uh, further beyond. So this week we're asking, are you impressed with video assistant referees being used at the FIFA Confederations Cup? They have been called on quite a lot in the tournament so far, uh, being used when there are game-changing decisions such as goals or red cards. And the video assistant referees scrutinise video footage to determine the correct outcome. Uh, They have done the job in ruling out some goals for offside, but uh, certainly this technology disrupts the flow of play as it's causing stoppages of around a minute. So are you impressed? Uh, Give us your thoughts on video assistant referees. Uh, Send us a WhatsApp to plus 447955232780. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, now to our interview with DR Congo winger Paul Jose Mpoku, who scored twice at this year's Africa Cup of Nations finals in Gabon as the DRC reached the quarterfinals. Mpoku plays for Greek club Panathinaikos on loan from Kievo in Italy's Syria A. His other clubs include Standard Liège in Belgium, and he played for Belgium at youth level before opting to represent DR Congo at senior level in 2015. Planet Sport Football Africa's Liam Flint spoke to Mpoku about his football and his faith. It's been a great season. Essentially, we didn't want nothing, you know. We had the opportunity to win the cup, but we didn't do it. But it's okay. It's been really good. The people are very nice here. We had a great team. You know, so, um, yeah. So what's the ambition now looking forward? Obviously, you're going back to your club. Is it just a chance of now starting uh, again next season? Uh, we will see. I know that Panathinaikos want to. They they want me to stay again. So I think they they they're making everything for me to be able to to do another loan. But in another part, the Skiavo Verona that that want me to get back there because they say there will be a new coach. And uh, I know they tried to get me back already in January. 
So we'll see what's going to happen in the next few weeks, months, I would say. But uh, yeah, we are just waiting and uh, we are peaceful. Yeah, and obviously when you're not with them, you're away with the Congo. You've made a really good start with them. How are you finding just being in the squad, playing for your country? What's it been like? Yeah, it's been it's been amazing, you know. In the beginning, I had to, to make the choice to play for Congo and Belgium, but you know, I don't regret my choice. Obviously, uh, I think Belgium had a great team and great players, you know. But this is continuously, and we have a, a great generation where we have a team with a lot of talent, a lot of players that can are playing in top leagues and good clubs. So. I think we have the potential to do something, but now it's up to us. And, uh, you know, I'm really thankful to be able to, to play for a big country like Congo with the player that we have now. And hopefully we're going to reach our goals that we want to, that we put together. Like you just said, you've got some quality players, people like Yannick Balassi. How good has it been to feed off him yeah. and train with him? Yeah, yeah. I've known Yannick because I, I know when I was a late Orient, I played against him when he was in Plymouth and, uh, you know, we, we kind of, because we were Congolese, so we spoke a bit, but then back then we didn't really spoke. But the national team, you know, all being together and uh, obviously Yannick is a, is a is a great player and he's a, he's a great guy, you know, he, he has shown his ability in the Premier League, so it's always, it's always a pleasure to to play with him and to to, uh, to put him some good balls and yeah to see him do some skills some crazy skills so yeah yeah in your group for your world cup qualification two wins out of two looking pretty comfortable are you pretty happy that you're going to be making it through to the real tournament uh we we, uh, we are hoping and praying that we, we're going to make it i think that's the the main goal of congo that's why i came as well we we have to I think the two, uh, the two most important game of the history of Congo and in our history against Tunisia, against Tunisia in the in August, I think that will, will determine if we go to the World Cup or not. I know your faith is a big part of what you're about. What was your experience of having Jesus in your life? Where did that come from for you? Mm. So I grew up around, like my family always knowing God, like, taking me to church, Catholic church, or uh, sometimes a Protestant church. You know, I grew up in the environment of of speaking about God, praying and this, but I never really had a relationship with him. You know, I knew God as a religious man, like uh, as a traditional, you know, knowing God because of tradition, because the family know, because everybody says you have to pray before you go to sleep. But, uh, but at the age of 15, 16, when I went to uh, to England, and uh, I had I had a cousin that, that was always with me. He was like a big brother to me, and um, you know, uh, he suddenly he died on his bed, and uh, we don't know what happened, why he died, and uh, still now I think the doctor never found out how he died on his sleep, and then um, that shocked me. That really shocked me, and. Um, I start to ask myself some question, why is it life after death and this and that I was a bit really, really down because I was alone in England and I had my best friend who's uh, John Bostock, he playing Lance now. He was like uh, he was becoming like he started to become a Christian at that time and I saw him one time pray before before eating 
And uh, I was like, are you a Christian? He said, yes. I said, okay, I am too. You know, because for me, when a Christian is someone that does just believe in God. So um, then we started to gain contact. He invited me to his church one time. And, and I went to his church. And since I went to his church, I don't know what happened there. But after that, that day, I was I was completely transformed by the worship and everything. I just felt a peace that I, and a joy that I never had before. And from then, I decided to follow Jesus. People, a lot of the time, would say, you know, as a pro footballer, you've got it all. You've got the money. You're basically playing an amazing game for a living. Why would you need God? What would I say? The Bible says that uh, what's the point of gaining the world if it's to lose your soul? Because money and uh, women and uh, cars and house, all these things will fade away one day. All these things will go away. We will not go, we will not go when we die. We will not take all these things with us. Everything will die, everything will stay here. But one thing that will come with us is our soul, is our spirit. And where would where would our soul go? Where would our spirit go if we died? You know, and that's the question. When you will go in front of Jesus of God, you will not be with your house, you will not be with your wife, you will not be with your car and all these kind of things. So he will ask you, Who did you come with? And if you don't have Jesus, it will be difficult for you to, to go to heaven. That's DR Congo winger Paul Jose Mpoku, who plays for Greek club Panathinaikos on loan from Kievo in Italy, talking to Liam Flint. Well, that's it for the show for this week. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in South Africa, and Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.